You already heard the portion of the sermon from Jesus. Often referred to as a part of his Sermon on the Mount, this particular section referred to as the Beatitudes. Another word for blessings, as you saw them repeated uh, as you heard the Gospel this morning. So what do we do with these Beatitudes, these blessings? Certainly we have a, a, an amount of respect for all of Scripture, yes, but knowing that this is specifically a sermon that Jesus himself preached to his people, how do we apply these words to our lives today? And maybe part of the challenge that is presented in this text, which I don't believe I've, I've actually preached on before in, in all my years, not from the, Matthew, not the Gospel of Matthew, but one of the challenges is that as you listen to those words in the Gospel, we're accustomed to, using, to hearing of what Jesus has done for us. The work of Jesus, the focus is on usually our Savior. And you notice that all of the Gospel is really focusing on you and me and how we live. So where, where do we bring Jesus into this equation today as we reflect on the Savior's sermon? Well, there certainly is a place for sanctification. There certainly is a place for us to focus our attention on Christian living and the blessings that are attached to living in the freedom that we have in Christ. One of the things that I, I want you to take away from this morning, if nothing else, though, is to appreciate not the, the conventional approach to these words, but to look at them a little different. The conventional approach tends to be, here is a list that Jesus gives to us. Almost a conditional list if you're keeping a spiritual scorecard or you want to secure your, your salvation. Do these things. Live this way. And again, there's a place for that, but that's not primarily what I want you to take away from this morning. Rather, what I want you to appreciate about these words of Jesus are the blessings that he attaches in these words to you right here and right now. Not because of anything you've done, but because of who you are and where you belong. That is, in his heavenly kingdom, right here, right now. As I mentioned in the children's sermon, too often heaven is this far away, distant thing that will happen sometime, but until then we're just focused like with a tunnel vision on this world and right here and right now. But I want you to take away the, the blessings that Jesus shares in these Beatitudes that are yours right now, not at just some point in the future when he brings us home to heaven. As you consider these words, the Beatitudes, you notice how striking they are in our culture today. An assertive, me-first culture. These words stand out because they are in stark opposition. They, they stand opposed to that mentality or approach that our world celebrates and praises today. In fact, if the world, if the world was responsible for authoring or, or writing these Beatitudes, think about what some of those Beatitudes might sound like if the world scripted them. Blessed are those who assert themselves. Blessed are those who insist on others seeing things their way. Blessed are those who demonstrate self-confidence. 
and practice self-care and self-love, which there's a place for, but not when that's the only thing. Blessed are those who are offended. Blessed are those who are vocal about anything that bothers them. Realize that, that the world does not view this list of blessings the same way that, that you and I do. The world values, attaches a different value to what it would consider to be blessings. In stark contrast to that, you notice a, a spirit, a demeanor of humility that is woven through all of these blessings that Jesus shares. And you might notice something else in each of these blessings. As you read through them and you paid attention to the, the verb tense, you notice that one after the other, when Jesus said, blessed are those who blank, he then says, they will be. In other words, something's going to happen in the future. I think we need to take a moment to acknowledge that that doesn't really sit so well with us in this pragmatic, practical culture, does it? In a world that wants results and wants to see uh, the, the impact of what we're doing right now, right away, we don't have patience for they will be at some point in the future. And this is illustrated in any number of ways. In fact, if you were thinking about joining a gym this year, I would encourage you to do it right now. Now is actually a great time to join a gym. You know why? Because all of those excited people at the beginning of 2023 have now given up and left the gym. You know why? Because they were at it for a week or two or three maybe, and they didn't see the results that they wanted after putting in that work, so they're done. It's not worth my time if I'm not going to see the results, right? How many do-it-yourself projects are in the middle or leaning toward the, the front end of those projects because you got the energy to get it started, but you didn't see a whole lot of benefit, not much return on your investment in the effort that you put in, and so it's tough to maintain that momentum, and so there it sits. It's easier for us to, to spend money because that's instant gratification. I can touch, I can appreciate, I can see what I purchase, what I spend right now, rather than saving, which is that's off in the future, that's sometime later. What's the point of me investing or committing to that thing right now if I don't see the immediate results? So when Jesus in these Beatitudes says, this will be the case, it can be easy for us to to write it off because what we are interested in, all of us, it, to some degree or another, is what's right here, what's right now. So I actually want to draw your attention back to the Beatitudes in the event that you missed it because Jesus does give a right here and right now. In fact, he does it in a way that sandwiches all the other Beatitudes right at the beginning and right at the end. Pay close attention to what Jesus said in verse 3 and 10. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He said in verse 10, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Did you catch that? Not will be, but is right now. Not at some point in the future if you play your cards right, but is right now. Not some condition that must be met, but, but theirs is the kingdom of heaven right now. 
So brothers and sisters in Christ, you aren't just citizens of the United States. You aren't citizens of, of wherever it is that you reside. You are also citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And of course, you know how you came by your citizenship in the kingdom of heaven. Let me remind you through the words of, of Paul writing to the Colossians. In chapter 1, Paul explained, uh, Paul rejoiced. He said, The Father has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You did not pass some citizenship test to get into this kingdom. It wasn't by your own efforts or achievements that, that God looked at you and said, you are welcome into my kingdom. It was completely 100% from start to finish the work of the Father through his Son, Jesus. It was God's grace that drove him to do everything to bring you and me into his kingdom. It was the promise of forgiveness and the carrying through of that forgiveness that still is ours today and tomorrow and the next day that assures you that you have been redeemed and brought into this kingdom. Right now, you exist in that kingdom of Christ solely because of God's grace. That, dear friends, is where you stand right now, not just someday in heaven when you get there, but you belong to the kingdom of heaven right now here on earth. That's a pretty different take when you look at these Beatitudes, and it looks, it appears as if they are conditionals. And again, as I mentioned, that's often how this section of Scripture is treated. We see the word blessing, and then we see what is follows, and we draw the conclusion that Jesus is saying, you will be blessed if you are poor in spirit. You'll be blessed if you mourn. You'll be blessed if you're meek. You'll be blessed if you hunger for thirst for righteousness. Blessed if you... But you notice the word if is not there. These aren't conditionals. Jesus isn't saying, you'll only be blessed if you do these things. He's saying, hey, you're in my kingdom, therefore you are blessed as these things, as these people, as you demonstrate these characteristics, because that's who I have made you to be when I brought you into my kingdom. And that is a big difference than, than God holding out a carrot to say, you want blessing? All right, I'll give it to you if. But that's not how Christ's kingdom works. He doesn't bless us on the basis of our living or what we've done. He blesses us because he chooses to bless us. And if you are in his kingdom, you have the promise of those blessings. And that gives us a, a totally different view of these Beatitudes when we grasp what Jesus is saying. When we realize these aren't conditionals. Jesus is simply saying, this is who you are when you are in my kingdom of heaven. You are blessed as this, you are blessed as that, you are blessed in this way, in that way. But the blessings are ours because Jesus applies them to anybody who belongs in his kingdom, not because we demonstrate certain qualities. And that order, understanding that, is really everything. Because now as I look at these Beatitudes, I recognize that the blessings are mine even when I fail to carry them out perfectly because Jesus already did. I am still blessed even when I fail in any of these areas because I'm in Christ's kingdom. And that blessing then drives me to strive to express 
all these things that Jesus lists, all of these beatitudes, because I'm free to, not because I have to, in order to earn something or be rewarded with something from Jesus. Do you see how that shapes it? Now, probably one of the better ways to, to go through each of these would be just to, to take it in a Bible class and, and touch on each one of these Beatitudes one by one. And yet there's a place for some of them just kind of in general, I think, to reflect the blessings that Jesus attaches to them. So appreciate the fact that Jesus says to you and me this morning, he says that you are blessed as those who are meek and merciful. Not if you are, but already, right now you are blessed because those who are in my kingdom are meek and merciful. All to the same degree, all to the same level? No. Do all of us have room to grow in our meekness and extending mercy to others? Absolutely. But we're blessed to be that way because Jesus has made us that way. And in that freedom, then we strive to pursue even greater meekness, if that's not an oxymoron, even more mercy to extend to others. See, I'm free to be meek, which is not the weakness that the world perceives, but a meekness is a, a humble confidence in God and who he is. And knowing that I have everything as a citizen of Christ's kingdom of heaven right now, I don't need to insist from other people. I don't need them to meet my requirements. I don't need to make demands or expectations of them to have a healthy relationship with them. In meekness, I realize I have everything I need in Christ. And as one who is blessed by Jesus' mercy, I strive to extend that mercy to others. Radical, isn't it, in a world that demands its pound of flesh for anybody and everybody who, who does wrong? And we can say, we extend mercy to you because Jesus has done the same to us and continues to. We are blessed as meek and merciful and blessed as we strive to express that in our lives of Christian living. Jesus also says that you are blessed as those who are righteous and pure in heart. Again, those things are already ours. Jesus has credited them to us by his holiness and his righteousness. That's who you are. But now you get to live in the joy of expressing that righteousness, demonstrating that purity in heart for others. You don't need it before God, but you know who does? Your neighbor. Your neighbor needs to see what Christ's righteousness, what a pure heart looks like, because you know as well as I do that this world, apart from Christ, is like a bunch of lemmings heading their way off the cliff into utter despair and darkness for eternity. And the only thing that may grab their attention is when they see righteousness or purity in heart that is ours through Christ as we exercise it in our Christian living. You are blessed as those who are righteous and pure in heart bless others as you strive to express it in your Christian living. And Jesus says then, the last one that we'll focus on, you're blessed as those who are peacemakers. That's who you are. Those are who Jesus brings into his kingdom. He makes us peacemakers. In a world that sows seeds of discord and division that is not only content with but strives for outrage and rage left and right and, and everywhere. And, and to be honest, we should understand why the world acts that way. 
What would you expect when it can't find the peace that it is chasing after in all the wrong places? Of course, outrage. Of course, discord. It's frustrated, it's discouraged because the world doesn't know the peace that only Jesus extends. But you and I do. And he calls us as those who are peacemakers in his kingdom to be peacemakers to your neighbor, to point them to the peace that they too have through Jesus, that he longs to bring them into his kingdom to be peacemakers as well. So you are blessed as peacemakers. Be a blessing to others as peacemakers as well. Now, as you exercise all of these beatitudes, as you first rejoice that these are who you are because you belong to Christ's heavenly kingdom right here, right now, do you suspect that that every time you put these things into practice, that anybody on the receiving end of them, the switch is going to flip on and they're going to say, oh, I get it now. God is amazing. I, I think you know better and I know better. And Jesus knew better. And even prepared you and me for the fact that not everybody was going to warmly welcome these Beatitudes as we put them into practice. That's why Jesus closed this portion of his sermon when he did in verse, the second part of uh, verse 11. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Not just in general, not people just being jerks or being mean, but when you are on the receiving end of that persecution and insult, specifically because of your relationship to Jesus, because you belong in his heavenly kingdom right here and right now, Jesus says, expect those things, but you also notice what he says, what he attaches even to that insult and persecution. Even then you're blessed. Only God can do that. Only God can tell you that you are blessed when you're persecuted and insulted on account of his cross. And then he sends us away this morning at the close of this portion of his sermon with a beautiful reminder in verse 12. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Rejoice and be glad, because you know what's coming in the future. You know the heaven that is waiting for you. But also rejoice because you know that. You can rejoice here and now because of that certainty as well. You can be glad here and now. Jesus says, look, look back at the, the past prophets who were persecuted as a testimony. Look now to the present promises of Jesus as testimony. Rejoice and be glad, yes, because your names are written in the book of life and one day Jesus will bring us all home to heaven but rejoice here and now because already you belong to his kingdom of heaven by his grace and have all of the blessings that he attaches to that. Amen.